0: Well, good evening, America. It is 7 p.m. It's Monday, October 5th, and this is Queer News Tonight, the world's first live LGBTQ daily evening news. And it is time to Queer Up the News.
1: Watch as we bring these and other stories from the LGBTQ headlines. Mike Pence is waiting to take reign of the country, and
2: he will be abysmal for the LGBTQ community. Actor Rupert Everett complains
0: that transgender rights movement has completely overshadowed gay issues. And the world-famous LGBTQ Parliament House Hotel may close November 2nd, and we are all stunned. So good evening again, America. It's 7 p.m. Monday, October 5th, 2020, and it's time to queer up the news. We are literally out of the closet and into the headlines. So many of your stories we are going to tell this evening on queer news tonight tonight on the world's first live daily queer evening news show tonight's news about the gay community
3: and the news from an lgbtq perspective are our gay stories important
1: to you in headlines politics entertainment gay culture travel religion and
0: more reported by respected anchors out of the closet and into the headlines on q news tonight well thank you for joining queer news tonight we are live this is an unedited evening lgbtq news show so anything can happen And this evening, we bring you the news of and a perspective from the LGBTQ community. I'm your anchor, Al Ferguson, and these are my co-anchors, Randolph Ward and Gordon Wentworth III, Woodworth, sorry. Let's queer up the news. Tonight, we bring you queer headlines. The LGBTQ community in America is diverse while the LGBTQ community around the world is vast. We bring you the bullet points of queer news for today, Monday, October 5th, 2020. First up is queering up the USA. The Proud Boys were excited by Trump's words. Then LGBTQ couples decided to make their Twitter hashtag much gayer. Watch this. <laughs>
3: Stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right wing problem. This is a left wing. This is a left wing Um, wing
0: problem. It's a left. The Proud Boys hashtag, which members of the far-right group have been using, was trending Sunday after gay men on Twitter hijacked it and flooded the feed with photos of their loved ones, of family, and with memes. Hashtag Proud Boys used to be nothing but horrible bigotry and ugliness. However, just like an episode of Queer Eye, the hashtag's overnight makeover made a solid one out of ten a dazzling and fierce 10 out of 10. Enrique Tarrio, a Cuban-American who leads the Proud Boys and is also the leader of the grassroots group Latinos for Trump said he is not bothered by the change because they don't care about who anyone has sex with. I just don't quite believe them.
1: Yes, this story, um, this is a great example of sort of you taking back the power and what you hear and not letting someone sort of belittle you and sort of the hijack of this hashtag has been great and has made my mornings coffee and Facebook wonderful. <laughs> that's good.
2: I think we should all just not fall for the gaslighting. I think that the fact that this group thinks that our
0: whole culture is about who we have sex with says enough. Yeah, Boy, that's an excellent <laughs> point. Uh, I hadn't thought about it in that way. The one thing I do love is that in social media, we can take it back as as, Bullying as it can be at times, sometimes we can take it back, and that's what we watched over the weekend with Proud Boys. Next, we queer up gay culture in reporting the world-famous LGBTQ Parliament House Hotel may close November 2nd. Parliament House is one of the most famous gay resorts in America. The 112-room Motor Inn was built in 1962 and became an all-gay resort in 1975. The hotel has witnessed most of the post-Stonewall LGBTQ civil rights movement. Over the weekend, rumors and legal filings have suggested the hotel's last day will be November 2nd. This is currently not certainty. Don Granestine, the owner of the P house, told me last night he is still working on details and believe it will work out to keep the hotel open. He did indicate, however, It has been a tough struggle. 2020 and the COVID-19 has hit no business sector harder than travel, tourism, and entertainment. Parliament House has been a five-decade gay complex that encompasses 10,000 square feet, including an outdoor stage, restaurant pool, nightclub, multiple bars and drag show theater, and more. The hotel has faced a decade-long battle of foreclosure and bankruptcy and more. The hotel has also been who's who of events in America, and in 2019, New Now Next declared Parliament House as the most popular gay bar in the United States of America. There is no LGBTQ hotel or bar venue in the entire world that has hosted the hundreds of breathtaking selection of world-famous singers, comedians, drag queens, and entertainers the loss of LGBTQ history from the closure of the Parliament House would be dramatic for the history of America's LGBTQ community. We hope for the best, and you can be assured that Queer News Tonight will follow this story closely.
1: Yes, I'm ashamed
2: to say that I have no idea what the Parliament is. Please don't take my gay card.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love Parliament House, and when I lived in Orlando and was a student at UCF, Charjan, I used to love to go there on sunday nights and see my favorite Darcell stevens perform so i really hope that parliament house stays open because it's the one of the only places in town where you can not only see the local drag talent but also the big
0: names you know i am absolutely horrified in uh, the age identification that gordon has just placed me in i also went to the university of central florida and I was president of my fraternity at UCF and I would not have been caught dead at the Parliament House because I was so dramatically in the closet and you just go, <laughs> bam, and I can't wait to see Darcell Stevens. It is certainly history, we wish them the best.
2: Next in Queer Up the Vote, Mike Pence is waiting to take reign of the country and he will be abysmal for LGBTQ people As president, Donald Trump's condition continues to be serious enough to require hospitalization. Speculation is ramping up about what happens if he can no longer serve or run for re-election. If Trump becomes incapacitated or dies, the reign of power goes to Vice President Mike Pence, who believes you can pray gay away and that being gay is a choice. The vice president is a true believer in anti-LGBTQ causes. Trump joked that Pence wants to, quote, hang them all, unquote. Referring to LGBTQ people, a comment that Pence's spokesperson has refused to take exception with. Make no mistake, there are many monsters lurking in the White House, and not all of them are named Trump.
0: Next, we queer up entertainment. Rupert Everett complains that the transgender rights movement has, quote, completely overshadowed gay issues. There must be something in the water on the other side of the pond because Rupert Everett has joined J.K. Rowling in bemoaning the spotlight on trans people, this time saying that it is taking much needed spotlight off of gay only issues. Speaking to The Times, the 61-year-old Shakespearean Love actor bemoaned that he now feels like, quote, the wrong type of queen and that the gay community has completely lost our profile. End quote. Let's just all be grateful that such luminaries as Marsha P. Johnson didn't feel the need to be so petty when they stood up for gay rights.
1: Next on Queer Up the World. Pride in Taipei may be the largest in-person queer gathering of 2020. Taiwan is set to host what's believed to be the largest queer event held so far this year. The theme of the parade this year is Beauty My Own Way. The parade will start from the Taipei City Plaza. Participants have the option to take either the north or south routes going through Tsinghua East Road and Tsinghua Road before circling back to City Hall. It sounds like it's going to be a very exciting, but we have to wonder how they're going to feel about the weeks that follow if a
2: massive COVID-19 outbreak happens. Next, in Queer Up the Vote 2020, LGBTQ voters backed Biden over Trump at a rate of 76% to 17%. A new Glad poll shows a stunning lead for Biden among LGBTQ individuals. On top of that, 81% said that they were much more motivated to vote than years previous and that 92% planned to vote which would shatter LGBTQ participation records, which goes to show the community just needed a horrible sense of dread to do their <laughs> civic duty.
0: It sounds accurate to me. And <laughs> uh, next we queer up Pride. The Happening Out Television Network sponsors Celebrate Orgurio. Uh, Watch this before we talk about it. Well, the Happening Out Television Network is the digital television sponsor of Celebrate Orgullo. Tonight, choreographer Randolph Ward, who is our anchor tonight here at Q News uh, tonight, is here to discuss this unique Pride Festival and his presentation of uh, or as Negra. Before we talk about that, watch this. That looks exciting. Uh, This is the 10th anniversary of this Latin and Indigenous Pride celebration. And this year, people all over the world can join because it is digital or has a very significant digital presence. With 14 days of digital and in-person events, this is going to be an amazing way to celebrate Pride. So Randolph, tell us about what's going on at Celebrate Orgullo. Yes,
1: um, tomorrow I will premiere Negra, a short dance film, um, adaptation of Meje Grinta Negra by the Peruvian mother of dance theater, Victoria Santa Cruz. And this um, film stars Nathaniel Leo, Brazilian born gender fluid artist, And he's gonna take you on a journey of the confrontation of self love. Um, in the original poem, Negra, she says Negra quite a lot. The actual title translates into they shout it black but I'm using the word negra that's gonna be interchangeable with transphobic and homophobic slurs. Hmm.
0: It sounds fantastic, The, uh, the festival's two weeks. Um, happening Out, Q News Tonight, It's Happening Out, and Gay Town Hall are all integrating segments in uh, celebration of the event. One of the things that continues to fascinate me is the indigenous uh, component of the festival. I have participated in countless prides around the United States and outside the United States. This is the only one that I have seen an embracement of indigenous uh, people. What, what's behind that? What will uh, Orgullo be uh, doing specifically?
1: Well, we'll get into the different sort of gender level identities that the indigenous people have. There's lots of lots of them. And also um, we will go into the Everglades and see some of the cultural sort of practices that the indigenous people sort of are involved in, their food, their music, their clothes, all of that stuff.
0: I'm curious. uh, Last question, uh, something that I ask at the Outshine Film Festival a lot. uh, what do you think uh, the reaction will be um, for you, uh, participating in the creation of this film and how you'll do this uh, integrated in the film versus being in person? Uh, are you excited about being able to do it digitally when in fact many more people will be able to get to see it than anything that you could do in person?
1: Um, for me, they just bring up different sort of issues. As a choreographer, and more I'm involved in theater and live shows, but now I have to recreate something that I would make for the theater and make it interesting enough to put it on screen because our attention span these days are very short. Mm. So that's also one of the the issues that I had. That's why the film is very short. It's only seven minutes because I don't want people to (laughs) scroll away and go look at something else. But Mm. that's some sort of the issues that I feel like um, I deal with when moving choreography from the stage to the screen in the theater you know you people typically won't leave in the middle because they're embarrassed or whatever even if they are bored yeah. they'll sit and watch so
0: well america we encourage you to tune in i can hear the angst by the way in your (laughs) voice that's very interesting to me uh, about the world that we're living in we encourage you go to their website there are so many different events being uh, held including this one that randolph is doing uh, for the next two weeks it is a way to really have an interesting Pride Festival celebration with a bit of spice, uh, being Miami's Hispanic community and the indigenous community, which is very prevalent here in South Florida, and the Everglades with the Seminole and Miccosukee tribes. So we encourage you, go to that website. Uh, It is just starting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Next, let's catch up on all the news surrounding COVID-19 with our quarantine quickies segment. First up, in Quarantine Quickies, the COVID-19 drive-by heard around the world. All the President's Medicine Trump Saga continues. Watch this. The debate will feature some of the greatest LGBTQ conservative voices in America from Hashtag Walkaway and Americans for Trump, including the founder, Brandon Strzok. They will debate the Vote 2020 issues that are important uh, to the LGBTQ community with liberal hosts from Gay Town Hall, including Reverend Dr. Darrell Watkins, Dr. Ty Hauser, college professor and Taisha Vest. You can participate in person at the event, social distancing and mask are going to be required, being held in the gayest place on planet Earth here in South Florida, or you can participate in the event live virtually. It will be an outstanding opportunity to make the decision for November 3rd. The national LGBTQ vote 2020 debate and SmackDown will be moderated, oh, by me. Any thoughts?
2: I think that, uh If anybody has anything to say to uh, those on the right, I hope that the point that gets driven across is that another four years of Trump will lead to many, many, many people dying, whether it be from lack of access to healthcare or just straight up systematic uh, oppression. Mm. Randy?
0: Crazy.
1: Um, Yeah, well, that sounds a little bit, yeah. I'm fiberglassed, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I have no words for that, actually.
0: Well, we, uh, we invite you to participate, whether in person or online, it should be quite an event. It's called the uh, hashtag walkaway LGBT left versus right throwdown, and uh, it is October 18th. Let's move to something a little lighter. Uh, it's 2020. Texting has been a mainstream thing for well over a decade. We should know the rules by now, and yes, there are hard and fast rules, so therefore, Here's a photo essay about the 10 rules of texting etiquette, etiquette, gay and bisexual men should know. Watch this.
3: Queer News Tonight presents 10 rules of texting etiquette for gay men. It's 2020. Texting has been a mainstream thing for well over a decade. We should know the rules by now. Here are 10 rules of texting etiquette gay and bisexual men should know. Number one, use exclamation marks. They are your best friends. Use them. Literally doesn't even matter what you're saying, you still use them. Number 2. Respond. If you're not busy. I'm talking to you if you're lying in bed, watching TV, see a text, then go, oh, I'll just reply to this later. How dare you. Number 3. Don't start the text and then just stop. Now this is just cruel. Especially if it's to a guy you like. Number 4. Avoid using okay, fine, or any other one-word response that can easily be perceived as passive-aggressive. Number 5. Show an appropriate level of excitement. When I say something that gets you excited, I want to see a dozen exclamation points. Number 6. Text him the moment you know you're running late. Which should be at least 20 minutes before the date, if not more, let your date know. Also let him know how late. Number 7. No long essays about your feelings. I get it. It's a lot easier to write down our feelings than to speak them, but you can't hide behind texting every time you're feeling a strong emotion. Number 8. Stop it with a hey, text. At least ask something like, hi, how are you? Or what have you been up to? Ask them a question if you want to talk to them. Number 9. No unsolicited nudes. Even if you have, like, the perfect penis, wait until you're messaging back and forth before sending him that super intimate pic. Number 10. You can call them too. Sometimes things are easier to do by call. Some convo shouldn't be happening over text at all. This has been 10 Rules of Texting Etiquette for Gay Men, presented by Queer News Tonight. What do you think? Share your rule recommendations in the live comment thread. And don't forget to like and subscribe.
0: Good advice. Uh, Happening on Television Network is broadcasting on our brand new set here in partnership with Sunshine Cathedral, the world's largest queer church here in Fort Lauderdale in Wilton Manors, Florida. We always joke this is the gayest place on planet Earth, and I'm going to try to look forward and not to anyone else at this table tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Our support of their Sunday celebration is the largest LGBTQ religious broadcast in the entire world every Sunday at 1030 a.m. Eastern, and it's completely live. We encourage you to tune in. Sunshine Cathedral is my queer church. Watch this. Kevin Kunkle, a domestic violence victims advocate with the Department of Children and Family Services in beautiful Fort Myers, Florida. Sunshine Cathedral is my queer church. <laughs> <laughs> I love the snap there. We'd also like to thank our set designer, Concepto Modern Living here in Fort Lauderdale for making this set in this amazing queer church campus possible. Welcome to week five of
2: Queer Money Talks where every Monday we will take viewer questions about finance and the economy and ask our expert to weigh in so that you can be more confident with your money.
0: Hmm. We're proud to have Queer News Tonight contributor David Treese joining us tonight. Uh, With 30 years of experience, David works as a fee-based investment advisor representative with Cetera Advisors and is an accredited investment fiduciary. He understands financial markets and is a financial planning uh, expert. Uh, or has expertise in financial planning. David has been featured in the Miami Herald, Sun Sentinel, PBS Nightly Business Report, The Washington Post, and on NBC6 in an Emmy award-winning series about his work, and is a member, of course, of the LGBTQ community. David, welcome to the show.
4: Great to be here, thank you for having me. Uh,
0: Any uh, particular news uh, before we get into viewer questions uh, in the financial front this weekend, or this week that's important to LGBT? Yeah, I joke every day is an adventure. It's like, what's gonna happen next?
4: (laughs) In fact, there was an article on the front page of the New York Times for the financial advisors. It's like we're therapists, people are calling in. It's like, is this really happening? It's it's, every day, it's something, that roils the markets up or down. It's just, it's uh,
0: quite a historic time. Yeah, it is historic. Uh, uh, Randolph, uh, let's uh, jump right into uh, viewer questions.
1: Okay, cool. Um, A viewer asks, is Trump's approach to taxes a good financial strategy? And is it good for us?
4: You know, the, uh, the Trump tax plan, really the stereotype was that this helped corporations and wealthy Uh, individuals, and there's really a lot of truth to that, this has been studied. Uh, The idea was, and there was a lot of support, that the tax rates for corporations were very high compared to other countries, and that by cutting them we would see uh, growth uh, in jobs, this would stimulate the economy. Didn't exactly happen that way because you saw a lot of stock buybacks. And in terms of individuals, I remember the first year after these tax cuts. Everybody was doing their tax returns and they found out, I can't deduct this anymore. About 95% of people can no longer deduct certain things because the the exemption is so large that you can't itemize. And so people were also finding out, I used to get a big tax refund and now I get almost nothing or they actually had to pay something. So even some of my wealthy um, clients said that this really didn't help them that much. And so in terms of how it affects people personally, I find a lot of the tax planning is very problematic. For example, uh, right now because of COVID-19, the, um, the president is saying that he is cutting the social security taxes. And so this was supposed to be suspended and then next year that it would be made up. But then he's promising kind of like a bribe that uh, he would basically forgive these uh, taxes. The problem with that is the social security and Medicare system is it's a pay as you go system. So how are we gonna fund this if we just completely eliminate the taxes? Mm -hmm. So I think for the average person, that's a big part of the retirement, so it's a problem. So you're basically saying we have problems on the horizon. We have problems on the horizon, but we've had these before. Part of it is longevity. We went back in 1983, the social security trustees increase the retirement age from 65 to 67. So, and we, there are tax increases. So there are ways that this can be fixed. One of the things is that we rely on this. We've gotten away from a pension system. If we lose social security, you're going to see enormous increases in, in poverty. One of my concerns about COVID-19, you look at the statistics, people have gone through their retirement plans, uh, people who, who are basically falling further and further behind. Mm, and, and so this to be a problem. Yeah. Um, And Gordon, we have another question. A viewer asks, what will Florida's constitutional
2: amendment of a $15 minimum wage mean to my financial planning?
4: Yeah, this is a great thing that this is happening. I have to make a quick comment on it, that often states that have a Republican legislator, um, legislative majority or Republican governor, are loath to pass increases in the minimum wage. And so the way it gets done is by referendum. And every time it gets on the ballot, even in very conservative Republican states, it passes, and it passes often by large margins. And one of the interesting things is the the business community that tends to oppose this keeps saying, oh, it's gonna cut jobs. People are not gonna be able, business owners are not gonna be able to afford this. The studies show this is not true. What does happen is that it can be inflationary, that the extra costs are passed on to the public. But if you are getting a raise because you're basically getting a minimum wage, working in a minimum wage job, what we want you to do is not spend it. We want you to use that more productively. If you were living within your paycheck before, we want you to take that extra gain and either get rid of high interest debt um, build your cushion for like an emergency fund or use it for retirement savings. One of my um, favorite economists, uh, Richard Thaler, he's, he won the Nobel Prize for economics for this whole field of behavioral economics and we have that done now where if you get a raise like with the 401k plan, you c- it will automatically go to your 401k as opposed to in your, your pocket. So that's, I want you to think about it that way. It's like, okay, I've got a raise now, this is past, but don't squander it.
0: Mm. Okay, and that's very good advice. And uh, Randolph, the uh, final viewer question.
1: Um, a viewer asks, how much money should I have before I get a financial planner?
4: Yeah, that's a great question because people, typically we are compensated by assets under management, so it depends on the advisor. Some will say it's a million dollars, half a million, a hundred thousand, it can vary. But I think it's so important that you can find somebody and maybe just charge to do a particular plan or somebody who will charge hourly. I wanna take the opportunity to say a lot of what we have is free. You can go to our website, we have software that you can get completely free. For example, um, we have a program called AdviceWorks, and that has within it financial planning uh, tools, financial planning software. So you can go ahead and look at, am I saving enough? When can I retire? And you can even combine all of your accounts. It can be credit cards, your retirement accounts, and you could do this yourself. We have a lot of tools that are completely free. So don't think because you don't have a lot of money that you can't get financial planning help, you can.
0: Also good advice. Well, that is it for week five of Queer Money Talks. We look forward to having you back next week, uh, David, as well uh, with expert advice on LGBTQ community and how we interact Uh, with financial planning and financial issues. So thank you for your time uh, tonight, David. Thank you. We're going to end tonight's uh, show with the broadcast of The Big Finish. These are short story mentions of LGBTQ news or news with a gay perspective. So here we go first on queer news tonight, The Big Finish. First up, we report Hugh Jackman strips down, wait, Hugh Jackman strips down to just his leather boots in a new commercial. I'm all in, leaning in. Watch this.
4: Firstly, let me say, Hugh, that we are delighted that you love R.M. Williams boots. I'm actually, like, in love. They're great, they're amazing. Great. Right. Really? This makes this next bit a little awkward.
3: Oh, we're on the same team yeah, here, mate. So,
4: yeah. Uh, while we appreciate how literally you've taken the clause that stipulates you can only wear R.M. Williams, my word is my bond. When I say I'm in, I'm all in, you know? And honestly, it's me who should be paying you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a privilege. No, uh, it nice. is.
1: Well, that was great. It's interesting the guy in the suit watching Hugh Jackman never <laughs> ever looks at his crotch, <laughs> ever, which I don't understand. So maybe he's not gay
2: because that was a gay guy who would be here right at the crotch. <laughs> so, yeah. Wouldn't you just love to be that chair he's sitting in? That's the only thing I can think, wouldn't you just love? Conveniently, the shot doesn't show below the waist when it's from the profile, and and there's a reason for that. But my God, I would love to be that
0: chair. (laughs) I've learned so much about you just right now, Um, I think if our entire show is nothing but Hugh Jackman, I'd be a lot happier. I never want to hear Trump again. I only want to hear about Hugh Jackman, his coffee, his boots, um, his friends, and we would be very, very popular in certain areas. <laughs> the big finish. Melania Trump, who gives a fuck about Christmas? Wow, watch this. Yeah, I put, a, I'm working like a, ask my ass I know Christmas stuff that, you know, who gives a fuck? about Christmas
1: stuff and decoration, but I need to do it, right? I mean, she's not gonna do anything. She has a whole staff of people to do everything for her. So I don't know what the big deal is.
2: (laughs) Girl, we saw that scary white Eastern European witch Christmas decoration that she did last
0: year. (laughs) We know she doesn't give a shit about Christmas. You know what I think is funny about Melania, first off, uh, the girl didn't visit up at uh, Walter Reed a single time, not a wow. single moment. What does that tell you? Whose husband gets COVID or wife gets COVID and you never go up and uh, say, I'm outside, I'm sitting here reading Time magazine. But they love each they other. They love so each much. other so much. And then when you go, I'm too busy to be fucking bothered with the White House, the people's house to decorate it properly for Christmas. And she doesn't even do it. What kind of person do you think Mrs. Trump is? I, I swear, everybody thinks, "Oh, well, Melania's better." Um, I mean, you <laughs> could ask her. Attracted to Donald Trump.
2: You could that ask her her thoughts better. about the whole thing. But you know, I think Michelle Obama said it best four years ago. I don't need to hear it again from her this time.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, in the big finish, Brokeback Mountain is coming back. Have you heard? but this time with an all trans cast and we're in. Look at this image. It is part of the uh, New York uh, Film Festival and these television stars that are all LGBT trans are going to be reading as the different characters and do a table read. What
1: do you think? Huh. Well, this should be really, really interesting. Brokeback Mountain with a queer cast. I wonder what they're going to be doing in the woods. Yeah,
0: They I had a queer cast last, oh wait, no they didn't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's great that somebody who's actually a part of the community this time is going to play those roles. Yeah. And
0: it also doesn't hurt that they're all really attractive people. <laughs> yes, it doesn't. I personally think this is genius. LGBTQ television and entertainment stars doing a table read of the stars of Jack Twist and Ennis Del Mar and then they're all trans, imagine. It's uh, a perfect fit for an LGBTQ film festival. Seriously, I think that this move of this table read is absolute genius.
1: That is today's news for the LGBTQ community
2: on the world's first daily LGBTQ evening news show. Remember, if it's important to the LGBTQ community, it's important to Queer News Tonight. But you must help us. Click subscribe on YouTube and share this in the news.
0: We are literally out of the closet. Again, look around the table and into the headlines. And this is the only source of live LGBTQ news in the world. Your community does need you, and they need your support.
2: You are not alone. We will get through this crisis. We are here with you, and this is Queer News Tonight. That was so
0: forceful, I love that. Thank you for joining us, I'm Al Ferguson, and on behalf of my co-anchors tonight, Randolph Ward and Gordon Woodworth Third, The third, I, I, I. <laughs> we will see you daily and tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Good night, America.